DJ and PK brought to you in part by Zero Res. When you get the carpets and tile clean, it's not just clean. It's Zero Res clean. And don't have it any other way. $33 per room, carpet or tile, April only. You deserve the best. You deserve Zero Res. Schedule with Zero Res today. Call them at 801-288-9376. Or schedule online by searching for Zero Res Carpet Cleaning. So true, Dave. So true. You've lived it. You've had Zero Res in your house. (laughs) You know how I love to come up with comparisons? Yes, you do. I was just thinking about this. We don't have to spend the whole time on this, obviously. But I just saw that oh, Shohei Itani's got a blister, so it's going to delay his start till next week or whenever uh-huh. as a pitcher for the Angels. How about this comparison? Shohei Otani, Zion Williamson. That's not bad. I see where you're going. They're on the, on the surface. There's a lot of differences. What they have in common is they're unusual there's a curiosity to them that gives them a certain celebrity or star power, and you can't draw a straight line from that to winning. But you think down the line you might be able to. You can't right now. It's not debatable. But down the line you might be able to. And there's a curiosity to that that's like, I normally wouldn't stop and watch this team, but I think I'm going to because of this one person. Yes, yes, and they've had their moments. Yep. If Shohei Otani could stay healthy, and I think everybody has their doubts about that, it's not one thing, it's another, but if he could stay healthy, he does seem to throw at an elite level. He can hit at an elite level. This is a freakishly unusual combination. But if he can't stay healthy, it's not going to matter. And the same with Zion, a freakishly unusual combination of Mm -hmm. power and strength and all that stuff. Quickness, size. So that's, that's my today's... Daily comparison. I like it. <laughs> I like it. It had not even remotely occurred to me. When you said that, I was like, where is he headed? But that's a good one. That is a good one right there. And speaking of good ones, I suspect Jazz fans approved of that game last night. I think that if you were watching, the third quarter was your favorite quarter. <laughs> 40 to 19, they just blew the Blazers off the floor. Now, the thing about this stretch is. You know, in a, in, a, in a stretch where they're on both sides of this three-game stretch with the Mavericks, the Suns, and the Blazers, the Jazz are seeing the bottom to the middle of the league. And when they do see an elite team like the Nets, they're missing their star guys. So this was the three-game test. Now, schedule-wise, this was the hardest game. It's the third game in the third different city. You had a bunch of flights. You're coming off an OT game. So in that regard, it's the, it's the hardest. But of the three teams... Who do you least trust to win a playoff series? Now, Dallas and Phoenix could play each other, but just in the abstract, if you were a Jazz fan, having watched the Jazz handle the Blazers easily in Portland in the opener, having watched last night, to Jazz fans, and maybe it's a matchup issue, it might be different for another team, but for the Jazz, aren't they the easiest of the three? If you had to see one in the postseason? And all three of them could go to the other side of the bracket. But wouldn't you pick the Blazers? I can't believe you're hesitating on this. You, I, you are crossing me up, PK, because of the lack of size inside. And I've said they got to get Nurkic back. And you're like, he's not all that. And he's not. But I thought last night was a great example of even if he's not all that, he's better than anything else they have. 
And we oh, had, for sure. We had yeah. Locke on and say, that yeah. That doesn't say much. <laughs> I get it's a low He's bar. He's okay. It's a low bar, right? But I think that's why the Jazz are like, hey, this is it's going to be hard for them to protect the rim unless they do it with numbers, in which case we're going to get a bunch of wide open shots. So they attack the rim. Donovan Mitchell, I thought, did a great job of getting to the rim over and over. Uh, but I don't think Nurkic is going to get in the way of that. No, I, right, I, I agree. Me, the thing that, I, that I've uh, come to the conclusion as I analyze these three ball games, and they are all three uh, playoff teams, most likely, certainly the Suns, they'd really have to fall off not to get there. And the other two wouldn't have to fall off as much, and I don't think they are going to fall off as much, so that's three playoff teams. The thing that has come to mind, and I'm going to put the Nets aside, because uh, they just have not been together hardly at all to make any form of evaluation. We know on paper what they've got, and then, and then that means you're in the finals if you play them anyway, so that's, that's great either way. Win or lose for the Jazz, getting to the finals this year would be a smashing success. Obviously, winning it would be over-the-top success, but just getting to the finals would be incredible. The thing that has come to mind, and I, and I, I have a little bit of a caveat with the Lakers too, that the Jazz, if they play the way they're capable of playing, I don't believe I put the Lakers off to the side to an extent too. The Nets I put way off to the side. I don't believe that there's a team that can beat them four times in the postseason if they are on their game. It's like what I said with Dustin Johnson. If Dustin Johnson's on his game, I don't care what anybody Mm -hmm. else is doing. Yeah, but I, I like that better for golf because there's no defense in golf. You know, if the Jazz are off their game against the Clippers, is it because the Jazz are off their game, or is it because the Clippers' length defensively, the intensity of the playoffs, combined with that athleticism and playoff experience, is just too much for them to handle? I don't think so. Not to me. I have seen enough to know uh, with M- Mitchell, he's as good as anybody the Clippers have. We don't want to anoint him yet because he's 24 and he's ours and it's too good to be true. Uh, <laughs> Those are good reasons. There's one yeah. other, and this is why and the rest of the country won't an- anoint him, is he hasn't done it yet. But yet he has. In, in, in the first round, he did it tremendously. But I, but I get it. It's, uh, it's first round. It was bubble, blah, blah, blah. That's me in my faith in Mitchell. I think he's incredible. I think he's going to the Hall of Fame. And uh, he's capable of achieving great, great things in this league. I really believe in his talent. I, I, I can't say enough about that. I have no doubt about him being – I believe he's going to be in the Hall of Fame. Uh, to me, you just look at it, and that's what I see. I just think that the, the, one of the things that – maybe it solidified what I sort of thought. I, I still think and – and I could be wrong – and that's not to say they'll be on the top of their game for four times each in uh, whatever playoff series or round we're talking about. But if they are, I think they can win. Now, the Lakers, they're still, you know, not sure about that. The Nets, not even close to sure because the Nets, I don't see them that much and they're they, not around that much. And they haven't played together that much. <laughs> yeah, there isn't right. a body of work. The Lakers, they're you know, guys. if they're healthy, they can win the title because you watch them do it. Right. And LeBron's LeBron. Mm-hmm. So, when we talk about Jack Nicholas, LeBron is of that level in his sport. 
and he's one of these dudes, and they're very rare that come along. <clears throat> Until I see the fourth loss on LeBron, I'm going to expect him to win because I've seen that so many times. Uh, but, you know, you wonder uh, where they're at as far as that goes, and we'll know at that time. So I do acknowledge that. But everybody else in this league, literally everybody else, including the Clippers, and I came away last night thoroughly impressed with Paul George. Paul George could have any type. If he can uh, recreate anything he does in the regular season, in the postseason, then yes. But he hasn't done it so far, and it becomes a head case or, uh, to an extent. In last year, he spoke about that, and I don't deny that he was going through some mental health issues being there and all the stuff that the world was going through. I don't know what that means for next season, or not next season, but this postseason, I meant to say. So uh, he's very, very good, and he can be elite. So the Clippers too, but certainly everybody else. And then maybe, maybe I'm downgrading Denver a little bit. That was my next thing. I was going to quiz you on that. But I still think the Jazz, if they're at the top of their game, they can win most, if not all, playoff series in the West. Put the Nets off to the side over in the East. It's worrying about the West right now. And that, that's one of the things that I've seen. It, it, to me, it's becoming abundantly clear. Because you just look at that fourth or third quarter against the Blazers. Under the circumstances, back-to-back, supposed to be gassed. You know, you got uh, three guys in your lineup that you're playing over 30. Uh, You're supposed to peter out a little bit. And not only did they not peter out, they turned it up. And so that showed some mental toughness. And all the great ones, I mean, the truly great ones, have have the great ability with the mental toughness. You know, it's one thing when you play at a high level and, you know, you work hard and you do all that, but you don't know exactly why you're in the zone. It's another thing, and this is what the great ones have, when you can just summon it when you need it. We haven't been playing great, but we need to play great now. So right now I'm going to make sure we play great. Yeah. Yeah. Why did the Jazz lose to the Bulls? Because Jordan said, we're not playing great. I haven't been great. But right now, I need to be great. And he just summoned it. It wasn't something where you got to work your way into it. It's just like, right now. I've got to do it. Right now. And they do it. And the Jazz, and I, I don't want to compare a regular season game, number 50-whatever-two, with you know game six of the NBA Finals with less than two minutes to go in the fourth quarter. Because they're vastly different things. But the Jazz needed to summon it, and they did. Okay, yeah. you got to summon it in the regular season on demand before you can do it in the playoffs. But it was impressive that they walked out of the locker room when they got to the exact point where NBA history says, well, this is where you should doubt a team. And that Jazz are like, don't doubt us. We're about to hang 40 to 19 on these guys, and there's nothing they can do about it. And Mitchell's leading the way. Is Mitchell, I asked Jazz fans everywhere around the world listening to us, is Mitchell, does Mitchell have the mental toughness to win an NBA title? Yeah, I think he does. And I think you saw it. Uh, the most recent time you saw it was he wasn't shooting the ball well, but they needed a three to get to OT, so he summoned it. I will now make a three. 
There is no reason I should make this. There's nothing I've done tonight that makes you think I will make this. But you've seen it other times, so you're not turning away. <laughs> and I didn't turn away, and he made it. And that's a, that's a pretty rare skill. It's a pretty rare skill to have. You know, it'd be hard enough to make that shot if you were having a good game. It was not a high percentage shot. Nothing about that shot is the shot you want, except the game's on the line and he's Donovan Mitchell, and you want that. But if you're looking, you know, is he open? Is it contested? Is he on the dribble? Is he, un- is he on balance? Is he in rhythm? You know, that, that shot didn't check a lot of those boxes. But he made it. And that's why in you traffic. went. And that's why, yeah, right, exactly. And that's why you went to Twitter. <laughs> that's why you went to Twitter. Yeah, you know the Gonzaga three, that Suggs three? He had a little bit of space when he launched that. You know, he went around a guy, and so he was open for a moment there. And the score was tied. Right, yeah. So there's a little less pressure, and there's a little more space. And he had he banked, five minutes guaranteed. And he banked it in when he was trying to swish it. Still awesome, yeah. give him credit, but you got all those things. Yeah, but Mitchell had to make that shot. That's a great example. In the moment, that was big. I, I just think that he has the mental toughness. He's an East Coast kid. East Coast kids. And he grew up in affluence. But I still think has that he has the edge. He has the stones to to do it, man. He really does. He grew up playing against all those guys. So I guess the other question is, why does Rudy, who grew up in France, have it? I don't know. Yeah. We never know, really. <laughs> we think we know. We hope we know. But we don't exactly know. Yeah, I don't know. And, and it's a thing. about that. It, it, here's the other thing, though. Are you going to have it in every situation? You know? Because I always thought Carl Malone was so interesting, right? All the Jazz fans of that era can list the games when Carl didn't have it and didn't come through. And yet at the same time, he had all these games over here where he did have it and he did come through. He never had that problem facing Shaq and David Robinson. You look at all the games, all the games you want to light him up for. Never Shaq, never David Robinson. Michael Jordan, Akeem Olajuwon, you can list a few games. You're like, ah! But not Shaq and not David Robinson. Why the heck is that? I mean, those are four excellent players. He only had the one series against Tim Duncan, and he performed great in that. So that, there's not a lot of test cases there. But if you want to throw Duncan in, you can. But against Hakeem and Jordan, that's where, the, that's where those you know, bad and even horrible playoff games happened. You know? Then there were a few other outliers. But, but mostly, it just fascinated me against four Hall of Famers, the two he handled so well and two really struggled with. And I guess you can explain Jordan away because so many people struggled with Jordan. But So is, mm-hmm, sure. even, even though Donovan's got it and you know, it was kind of on display in, in Den, against uh, Denver in the playoffs and it was on display with that clutch, clutch last shot against Phoenix, you know, is he going to have it against LeBron? That's a lot to ask of a 24-year-old. Now, we don't know if they're even going to play LeBron. We don't know if LeBron's going to get healthy and stay healthy. So there's a ton of question marks that we can't possibly answer right now. But I do wonder, you could have it against one team and against one guy, but are you going to have it against another team and another guy? And, and I think what the Nets have is they have that same question. You know, can Durant take down LeBron? I mean, going back to Oklahoma and sitting in Miami in the finals, right? Those guys have a history. Cleveland and... Uh, and um, Golden State in the NBA Finals. Those guys have a history. And I think Durant, um, you know, has orchestrated it so, well, it's not just me against LeBron. 
I got my guys. I got Kyrie on this side. I got James Harden on that side. I got help. I think you need to have it whenever the situation demands that you have it. And that's what I think Mitchell is about. What is the situation? What do we need? Here's what I'll do. I I don't know that it's against specific players, people, situations. uh, rounds, whatever the situation requires. And and that's what I've got to have, speaking from the individual player perspective. And I see it in Mitchell. He needs to do it on a much bigger stage. I get that. But we're watching him every game, and we've watched him every game for four years now. And to me, you got to have that moxie, and it looks like he's got it. I'm expecting him. That doesn't mean – He's going to win all of them by any stretch. Even the greatest, Jordan didn't do it. He didn't win it all, all the time. But when it mattered the most, no matter what the circumstances were, like you just brought up in that three-point shot against the Suns, you know, the circumstances should have uh, dictated that he not make that shot because yep. it, it was, uh, he, was, it was not, he wasn't feeling it uh, from three. And he hasn't been feeling it from three. I mean, he's he had another crappy night last night from three, didn't he? What was what was the what were the numbers? But he just has a way, and I think other guys can feed off of that, and that can make a big difference. So my to summarize this week, this week's not over because they still have Sacramento tomorrow, and yes, we're all expecting them to win. We understand that, but this was this was so far this has been a great week for the Jazz, even though they've lost two. Because they Phoenix got all excited, and I listened to Phoenix radio yesterday, and those guys were, you know, they're they're pandering to the audience. I do it too. Let's be honest, and they're talking about all oh, the Jazz, this, the Jazz, that. All right, well, you went into that game trailing by two and a half, and that's where you are today. Yeah, <laughs> so, and you've got the tougher schedule, so you got yeah. the tiebreaker, and that's great, but only if it comes down to a tie. Yeah. yeah. So it doesn't matter. It's all of all these games count the same. And they had a tough one. So I can't discount them. Oh, well, see, they I think gagged. we both assumed that they were, but both teams were going to lose coming off that game in Phoenix. I assumed that the Suns were going to go lose to the Clippers. And I thought the Jazz were going to lose to the Blazers. And at halftime, I knew they had a chance. They weren't out of it. But I thought if they were going to win, they needed to take control of the game early and have a little bit of cushion for when inevitably the fatigue set in. It's not how they did it, and it's not what they did, and it worked. See, and that's where mental toughness can come in. Yes, agreed. And I want to ask Joe, I mean, when, and we've got him coming up at 9 o'clock, I think, tonight, today. And so I want to ask him, you know, when the game is over against Phoenix, do you, I would think that you have to go right into – mentally preparing yourself to get ready to play the next night. And, and what, I, what I mean by that is you've got to outline what your schedule is. You're going to get on a plane. I don't know if you can fall asleep. It's a short flight. I've taken the flight from Phoenix to Salt Lake a million times, and so many of us that are listening have too. So I don't know if you can fall asleep there. But what do you do to make sure you got yourself re- to the rest you need to be able? I think you have to plan it, right? It's not – Oh, well, it's 10 o'clock. Uh, I think I'll go take a nap. I think it has to be, everything has to be in order to be able to, for you to do that. And I sensed that from the beginning of the game. So I felt, I felt good because I didn't see any sluggishness at the start. 
So there's no excuse making. They wouldn't allow any excuse making in. And I think that uh, maybe Quinn Snyder or whomever, or maybe they just already know how to do it since they're, they're, they're all veterans, the nucleus of the team is, and they knew here's what we need to do to make sure we're ready to go in uh, uh, 20 hours or whatever it was when after the loss of the Phoenix game. And I felt like watching the first part of the game, that's, I was trying to judge, you know, what's the body language? Are they lethargic and any of that stuff? And I didn't see it. And I felt good. I thought when I watched the first quarter, I thought, okay, they've, they've got enough of what it takes and they got a shot at the end. Now, they surprised me because they didn't need the shot at the end. I mean, they won going away. I was very much surprised by that, pleasantly surprised, obviously. But I thought watching the first part of the game thinking they're going to have enough juice to be able to handle what Portland comes at them. So they've got a decent chance to win. Little did I know they would blow them off the court. And that was great. Uh, to your point about uh, Donovan Mitchell's struggles, one of eight last night on three-point shooting. So in the three games against Dallas, Phoenix, and Portland, this test we've been looking forward to, he went five of 28 from three. But it's not good, I don't think. <laughs> thank you, PK. But the one he had to hit to get to OT goes in. And furthermore, yes. there's been enough of that in the past that it's not that big a surprise. It's still a surprise in a moment, and you probably holler when you're watching the TV. Oh, he hit it! But 5 for 28, and you summon up the one you need to get to overtime? That's, that's unusual. A lot of players have game, but do they have heart to go with get the game? And I think the answer for Mitchell is a resounding yes. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. Schedule adjustment. Joe Ingles had to move to 9 o'clock. So Joe's going to be on at 9. Brian Taylor with the Masters update at 9.30 right here on 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. The Big Show. The Big Show. With Jake Scott and Gordon Monson. Sam Mimic with us from The Athletic, working on the free agency files, who's going to possibly be out there. Somebody on your list is Mike Conley. What kind of market might await him if he chooses to test it? Mike has made it real clear he wants to resign in Utah. The Jazz have a chance here with Mike to have, I think, a run at title contention for the next several years. It would seemingly be a no-brainer, but signing Mike to a big-time deal is going to put them deep into luxury tax. That's the only if to me. I'm not hearing any noise as of yet about Mike looking at greener pastures. But that being said, it's free agency. The way he's shooting the ball, the way he's still showing that he can play at a high level, I think Mike certainly is going to get plenty of attention. Catch the Big Show weekdays from 2 to 7. Presented by Big O' Tires. The team you trust. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. DJ and PK brought to you in part by Mark Miller. DJ and PK in the morning brought to you by Mark Miller Subaru. The Jazz beat the Blazers. And that losing streak at two games. And it seems weird to take them about 10 at a time, but that's my role here, PK. Let's not limit ourselves to one game at a time. Let the coaches, let the players limit themselves to one game at a time. When Joe comes on in half an hour, we can try to take him uh, 10 games at a time with him and see, see how that works. The Jazz schedule now, lightening up. The two games that we had circled that looked like they were going to be real tests playing the Lakers twice in three days in L.A., those games fall just inside the one-month mark for LeBron, and we've heard four to six weeks for his injury. 
he'd have to be back in less than four weeks to play in those games, and even then he wouldn't you know, be in basketball condition after not playing for a month. So there's a long stretch of games. As much as we've enjoyed these last three, and they're a test for the Jazz, and how do we read into them? But it's about consistency right now because if the Jazz are playing well, they should handle all these teams. they got to play poorly to let these teams in a game. There isn't, uh, there isn't another real serious playoff contender, assuming you know the Lakers aren't healthy, until they see Phoenix again on April 30th. The rest of this month is games they're going to be favored night after night. Win, 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 win. This is a win-win situation. Ashley, what you're saying, this is a win-win-win-win-win-win-win-win-win-win-win-win-win-win-win situation. If that was 10 wins, you're right. I think they're going to be favored in 10 straight games leading into another game with Phoenix in Arizona on April 30. Oh, I'm going to go down for that game, and I'm going to be dressed. I'm going to be decked out in my jazz gear, and I'm going to paint my face. And I'm not going to speak to my family because they're Suns fans. My sister is. My one sister. I'm not going to speak to her. This is a rivalry now, and it's on. Will it be full jazz regalia? (laughs) Absolutely, yeah. Yeah. You're going to be smoking outside uh, the, what is it, talking stick? Talking Stick Resort Arena or whatever they call it now. And I don't know what the laws are in Arizona anymore, but I just might be smoking a marijuana cigarette. (laughs) Way to double down on the outrageous. (laughs) (laughs) Not going to be smoking anything. You're not even going to be at the game. But that was good shtick. I thought if you did go to the game. I'm not going to be at the game. I thought if you did go to the game, you should go presidential. You'd be like the president going to the Army-Navy game. You know, they sit on one side of the field for the first half. They sit on the other side for the second half. You could wear your son's gear. No, that's a Sit behind the son's bench in the first I, half. I, I and then a, the jazz. No. The jazz for winning time. Fourth quarter. No, try to appeal to all voters. Uh, come on. Come on. We, re, we need to unite as a country now. Oh, that means your your party won. Give me a break. Get out of town. I'm not falling for that nonsense. No, no, no. I wasn't independent until I moved to Utah. Now I'm a hardcore Republican, so I'm rooting for the jazz all the way. I don't even know what that has to do with each other, but all right. <laughs> you brought up the presidential thing, not I me. I did. I did. I still didn't follow what you just said, but that's okay. That's the point of what I say. I, I understand that. That's the part I get. I don't know how we're getting there, but I know where we're getting. And how will we NBA find our finals. way? <laughs> right. I don't know how we're getting there either, but we will get there. Yes. Who will be there when we come out of the forest into the clearing? No idea. Uh, well, I, I agree with you. I think you said early on that you thought the Nets were the team. And sure, I'll, I'll buy that. But they got to stay healthy, and I don't know that they can. If they're healthy, it's absolutely them. But they are... You know, as soon as they bring one guy back, another guy sits. And the third guy can miss a road trip at any time. There's something going on in his life. I don't know what it is. And the, the team knows, and they're fine with it. So I assume it's, it's serious and real. I know at times that he's out there with the flat earth and whatever else and criticizing LeBron, but this seems to be spot on. I just don't know that the, leg, that the Nets are all going to be healthy. Hamstrings are notoriously, notoriously tricky things, and they got two guys with hamstring injuries. So no, 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 notorious. <laughs> the um, this goes to a point, and I think when we talk about this, it drives people nuts. 
Um, but, you know, the Jazz are a contender. They're not the favorite. Now, it's hard to be a contender, and they haven't been con- – they've been a playoff team for four years, but they haven't been a contender for the title. Now they're legit contender, which even though you have the best record doesn't mean you're the favorite. The people who geek out on this and run the 10,000 computer simulations and all that, they don't have any team with a 20% chance of winning the championship. There's a favorite. It's the Nets at 19%, and that probably reflects that they would have to win two difficult playoff series to win a championship, and everybody else will probably have to win three or four. They give the Jazz, this is 538, and they give the Jazz a 15% chance of winning it all. Gut instinct. Does that sound ballpark right to you? Does that make them a serious enough contender without making them a favorite that it rings true? Well, I have to see what. how does that relate to everybody else in the mix. Well, Nets at 19%, Clippers at 18 Jazz at 15 Nuggets at 14 Sixers at 11 and the oh, Bucks, the Bucks and Lakers are at 8%. And I assume with the Lakers that that reflects health. Oh, okay, gotcha. I mean, I, well, then, I, yeah. If that's the case, if they're, they're right in the mix. So, yeah. I mean, it's a 3% difference between the, the favorites and where the Jazz are at that way, uh, from that perspective. So, that puts them right in the mix. And I don't know statistically if that's the right way to say it. But in my mind, at least right now, they've got as good a chance as anybody else. And it goes back to what I just said in the prior segment. I believe if they are on their game four times, you got to be on your game four times. Maybe you don't. Maybe you're just better and you don't. And that's even better if you can win playoff series with not being at the top of your game. And I suppose the earlier in the postseason the more chance you don't have to be at the top of your game. But as the, season, as the postseason progresses and it's a two-month ordeal, I think you're going to have to be at the top of your game to win. I think you're going to have to be at the top of your game to beat the Clippers, the Lakers, the Nuggets, and the Suns. I think you're going to have to be at the top of your game because I think those teams are pretty doggone good. And even Phoenix, which is a proven jack, uh, I think they're, they're a pretty good ball club now. Uh, and so they're – they're ready to win. They've been waiting, waiting, waiting. They take a huge uh, gargantuan jump this season, and they probably they skipped a couple of process, uh, steps to go yeah. with the Dennis Lindsay thing. Well, they did that because they got Chris Paul, and the other guys have. Uh, you know, they were ready to win, and they're winning at a much higher level. But the point being, I acknowledge them as legitimate, and I believe that if the Jazz are playing as not necessarily as well as they can, but better than what they have been this week. I think they can beat anybody in the West. Still curious about who they're going to match up with in that second round. You know, the teams that go to the other side of the bracket, you got to get to a conference final to see them, and you don't necessarily know which one is going to emerge. You know, the other side of the bracket could be Phoenix, um, either the Clippers or the Nuggets, but not both of them, but one of them. And then... But that, that's yeah. what makes it more all the more thrilling. It's like these high schools now. We see these high schools that are virtually all-star teams, right? You got guys traveling, in some cases, you, 30 miles to go to a particular school. So you win your state championship, and they yeah. barely even celebrate because they've been kicking a crap at everybody yeah. the whole time. No, it's true. I mean, for years now, you've been able – you can look at a team and not know very much at all and know, well, they're in the state semis, and then we'll figure it out at that point. If they're tested, yeah. it's only going to be in the last game or two. 
And how much fun can that really be? Well, that and and in the NBA, and I hope this comes to pass on multiple levels because the NBA is the most predictable. And if we got Lakers and Nets and they just waltz through everything, I got to admit that's going to be a disappointment. That's go. It's that's one of the knocks against the NBA. You know, Lock likes to crack on baseball. Well, there's not many Bucky Dents in the NBA or whomever, these obscure dudes who come up in a big situation and then it lives on forever. It normally doesn't happen that way. It's the stars who get you where you're supposed to go. So in the process, that becomes predictable. Well, maybe this year, maybe it's not so much. And maybe we've got a couple of upstart teams. And maybe they can do some stuff. And if they do then that becomes that much sweeter, I believe, because then you're so excited. Maybe you didn't see it coming. And there's and, and then we talk to Jazz fans every day, on and off the air, right? You can't avoid it. And especially now in the golf season, I'll start to get out more, and I'll run into more people. Uh, you're not as out in the public as much in the winter, plus with the pandemic and all that stuff. Well, now I expect it'll be more. And you, we talk to them all the time, and they're excited about it. And so, yeah, it'll mean more. If it's a more of a more of a struggle, so bring on all those second round opponents. They're all going to be tough. It really doesn't matter who it's in the second round. Maybe even in the first round, but in the second round, I think you're going to get a very good ball club, and it's going to be on. And you're going to have to play well. And I think if they do play well, they win. All right, stay with us, DJ and PK. It's ninety-seven five and twelve eighty. The Zone. Joe Ingles coming up at the top of the hour. And then Brian Taylor, Masters Update at 9.30 after that. Stay with us. Joe Ingles on the way in a little more than 15 minutes, about 20 minutes, right here on 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. Number one. The Zone Sports Network is Utah's number one choice for sports radio in Utah. From DJ and PK to Hanson Scotty and the big show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott, The Zone continues to dominate the competition. Thank you to all of you that continue to make the Zone Sports Network Utah's highest rated, most listened to sports station. Your home for the best coverage of the teams you're passionate about is right here. 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. DJ PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Joe Ingles is going to join us coming up. He's coming up a little after 9 o'clock here. Uh, PK, there was some video, and it's just such a contrast here. There's some video making the rounds on uh, Twitter. Have you seen uh, Abraham answer and getting uh, the he got penalized two strokes for um, for grounding his club in the sand? Barely. I mean, a really tight shot shows that he did move some sand, possibly a quarter of an inch. And he's hitting yeah. an inch behind the ball. It didn't have any impact. But it's a two-stroke penalty. And then over here, we got baseball. We got a walk-off hit by pitcher. And the batter is actually in the strike zone. And the umpire admits it should have been strike three. And then over here, we got Trevor Bauer being investigated, even though no one really thinks they're going to be able to pin anything on him. But was he, uh, was he manipulating a ball? There was a sticky foreign service. I can't even say that. Substance, thank you. Substance. And visible markings on the ball. What is cheating? What is not? And granted, on the spectrum of cheating in sports, golf and baseball are probably at opposite ends. That's just a pretty quick assumption from either one. Anybody who's watched either one for even a little while. 
But nonetheless, this is pretty a pretty striking contrast in the headlines right now. Oh, it's a joke, Dave. Call it like <laughs> it is. Come on. Which one is a joke? <laughs> the whole situation, the golf with their stupid rules. I mean, I mean, as long as it doesn't give you an advantage. Yeah, and it didn't. I mean, it, yeah, yeah, that's the thing about it. Uh, and they got Dustin Johnson, you know, a couple, well, it was probably five, six years ago now, was in the PGA in the sand, and he was club touched the ground. He had a two-stroke thing. And well, they had fans walking through that quote-unquote bunker throughout the week, and then you claim that's a bunker? Okay. Yeah, yeah. And, I mean, I'm I'm sick of it, man. Are you kidding me? This is two nights in a row I've gone to bed late, and you expect me not to be irritated and hostile this morning? <laughs> well, you're the fool, not me. I mean, it's so illogical. I mean, it's the world in which we live in, Dave. How can you not see it? And we have to rise up and battle and protest against it. I mean, how long has this been going on now, my friends? Oh, there's probably a song for it. You want to sing it? <laughs> <laughs> if not, I'll make one up. All the greens she- are brown. <laughs> uh, if you missed the hits earlier this morning, you really missed out. <laughs> well, you told me the, the greens are brown. <laughs> they are. <laughs> Sing your master's update. Where Tony Fino be now? I mean, it works. Sing your update. Did, did you see the updated one yesterday? I didn't see the one from yesterday. I'll have to retweet it. It's okay. pretty good. Do it. What's the update from yesterday? This guy, he works for The Ringer. He's a host in Memphis. He does these pretty original Masters updates where he's like rapping while he's doing it's, the update. It's totally over the top. It's he's insane. Got, he's got sunglasses. He's got a green jacket on. He's got backup dancers. He's got, he does. And he's... He's he's rapping and then his his tag team partner jumps in with a four under. He's he's, the, he's his producer. He gives he's the in the score. booth. Yeah, yeah, right. He's in a booth and I mean it's just a campy setup kind of deal. Is is it, not the green jacket the coolest thing in sports? The coolest tradition? The only thing that's cooler uh, or that resemble and I guess it, I can't say it's cooler. It probably depends on which sport you like more. The only thing that I think remotely compares to it is the Stanley Cup. And that tradition of everybody gets to take it wherever for one day, and guys have flown it to their hometown halfway around the world. But I think the green jacket and that's, that the, tra- the Stanley Cup travel tradition, are those two just jump out at me. Those are but it's not yours. So awesome. The green jacket is yours, man. Yes, the green- that's true. All you got to do is say green jacket. Yep. Yeah. And you know. Well, cup... You don't know. I mean, there's like your your soccer. They got like eight thousand cups, and that's why I didn't go to any of them. But they I got a the cup Stanley, a day. I know, but cup. that. Yeah. But once you say Stanley Cup, I mean, come on, that, that's like that that doesn't really count. I mean, you, you're giving away the sport. But green jacket, it's not even a sports term. It's very generic. But, you're right. But we know what it is, and it's cool. But it's the best. It is literally the best. There's nothing better out there than the green jacket. Even in its own sport, it has nothing that comes close to comparing it to. 
the green jacket. Yeah, the other three. If you don't like yeah. the Masters, I dare say you're not American. <laughs> well, there are plenty of people who are not American who do love the Masters. Oh, I know. I understand that. A bunch of Australians yeah. who love golf who are all about right. it. A bunch of and South Africans. And the thing Africans. about them is, yeah. and, they, and they, they want to be Americans, but they can't. Because they you're, know. You're warming up for the Joe whole world Eagles comes now. here. <laughs> the whole world comes here. We don't go there. Well, we do for the British Open, but I get your point. Not for the Masters. But it's not. They, they don't, the, 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 those are all fine. But the green jacket. There is nothing cooler. Guys can't speak when they have the green jacket on. They cry. They blubber like a baby. And at a time they should be overcome with joy, they're crying. Now, obviously, it's crying can not only just be a sad emotion. It can be a positive and a most likely a grateful emotion, which is why it is and why we see that. But it's, it's just it's off the charts, and it's here this week. It's such a great thing. And, and golf does tradition better than any sport. Really? Oh, yes. Yes. Yeah, you have Lee Elder, Gary Player, Jack Nicholas. Major League Baseball. That was where I was going to go for tradition. Right, unless we're going to honor Hank Aaron. Oh, no, we're not. Thank you for bringing that up, Dave. <laughs> they honored I've been him. waiting for you to bring it up at the end of the week. They honored him by moving it, is what people would say. Because he's Hank. Come on, they bring out people to throw first pitches, right? They brought out Ted Williams in the golf cart. And all the players gathered around him. On a game that doesn't matter. True. Well, <laughs> but it's a celebration of the sport. <laughs> okay. And, and exactly. they have brought out but famous I don't, players. I don't, I don't think celebration of the sport is the same thing as tradition. Uh, it's not automatically, but you celebrate the sport by. I, I just think baseball, with uh, you know whether it was an old timers game or they they've brought out celebrity players from past eras to throw out the first pitch at World Series. Baseball is the one that compared sure. to golf. Yeah, I mean, it does a little bit, but most of those players yeah. are ripping the way the game is played today. <laughs> they and do I don't do think that. there's the homage that is paid from the current players to the past players. The, Mike Weir sitting there talking about how he, he sits down at the, at the with Champions Gary Player dinner with Gary Player. Yep, that's a generational jump right there. Yes. And, and the other thing, not just with the Champions Dinner, the other way, place that golf does it is by having some of the greats host tournaments, right? Uh, you grew up with the, I mean, he's passed away now, but the, the Byron Nelson Classic. And Arnold Palmer's got his tournament, right? And again, he's passed away now, too. But Jack's got his tournament um, in Ohio. And so these, you know, these greats host a week. And the fields are usually pretty good. You know, they're not majors. They're not even World Golf Championship events. But the fields are usually pretty good when one of those guys is hosting the tournament. And every single young guy pays deep, deep respect to the elders of the game. I don't think you have that in baseball. When are they running out Roger Clemens and Barry Bonds? Oh, that would be like never. No, but they've retired the number 42 for Jackie, right? In every ballpark. Okay, and they do all there. gather around Ted Williams when he comes out. Is he still alive? What do you mean? Nope. Did they freeze his head? Is that what you're talking about? Well, no. When he came out on the golf oh, okay. cart. You know what well, I'm talking about. You used the about. present tense. But thanks for the, thanks for the freezing <laughs> head reference. 
Yuck, better work by PK, working to Hank Aaron in the in the moved All Star game or or the Ted Williams freeze the head reference. They're pretty even in my opinion. Nice pulls on both. Uh, and sometimes I think my head is frozen. Hey oh. <laughs> All right, take a break. Come back with Joe Ingles. He's coming up next, and then we'll go to the Masters and get a second-round update, see how things are going. We'll check in with Brian Taylor from Real Golf Radio at 930. Joe Ingles is next on the heels of the win over Portland. Stay with us.